0: Listen, I, I have always believed in complete transparency on this show. And I think from the beginning of the show that we started during the middle of a pandemic back in 2020 with no sports to talk about, I told you the one thing that you can always count on the show is I will be honest with you. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday uh, I began my birthday celebration. Just li- li- hit the big three o, and your boy's feeling a little bit rough today. So I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. So we're going to get through this together. We have a lot to talk about, some heartbreak for Georgia fans out there, uh, but to console us and also to carry me through a uh, vast majority of the show, hopefully, if I can talk them into it, from Dogs Daily on SI.com, our good friend, Brooks Austin. Brooks, I, I need your help today, man. I need, you to, I need you to carry me.
1: Bro, bro, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is news to me. You called me because you had, you had a night on the town last night, first of all. You're 30? I'm not even going to tell you happy late birthday. You're 30? I'm old. I'm officially old. Well, well, what was the night on the town like last night? What are you so, and are you hurting? You sound like you're hurting. I'm, it's 2 3 and you immediately tossed to me on your own radio show that I'm sure you worked tirelessly for for years. Well, yeah, how bad are we feeling on this fine Friday afternoon?
0: So I, uh, again, complete honesty here. I, for the most part, have given up alcohol, right? Don't keep it at my house. Uh, Typically, when I go out, I'm the boring friend now uh, that's ordering a water. Something like that, just because the the pleasure in the moment is not worth the next day. And so I don't want to name names of establishments, but I was... At one that still allows smoking inside, which I'm not complaining about. I no, but I'm not complaining about because I I chose to go there. But I can like feel it like pouring out of my pores at the moment, and I can smell it in my hair, and it's just it's it's been rough. I think all I've had to eat today is water and pop tarts. So we're all right. we're gonna get through this together.
1: In the famous words of uh, you know the 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 great Tim McGraw, your next thirty years should not include smoke-filled bars for birthdays man by your choice too so like first establishment i don't want to i don't want to talk badly with anybody either but like ripping heaters right next to you in 2022 man at least get a, a jewel pod nowadays right oh uh, that's
0: illegal now so i don't think I they know can. that was the joke <laughs> i think it's all, all it's going to be is marlboro reds uh for everybody and that might just become back to the new norm but the the problem with it is i'm fine with it in the moment I am completely fine. I might even enjoy it a little bit, to be honest with you, as I'm enjoying uh, a nice cold beer. If there's some, like, secondhand smoke, maybe it adds to the ambiance a little bit. I'm not saying one way or the other, but I absolutely regret it the next day.
1: Christian Gokel, comma, pro secondhand smoke.
0: Nah, I would not put that on a T-shirt anywhere. I'm just... just, I, I didn't lean one way or the other on it. But, yeah, man, I don't know. I, What, you're mid-20s, yeah? I mean, you... Uh, is it is the is does the pleasure of it in the moment outweigh the reward of it?
1: I mean, the next day, I haven't like hangovers are still like still hangovers. Like when I when I got hungover in college, just like you drank too much, you drank too much. I was never one of these people that could just not suffer consequences the next day, like ever.
0: But like, how long into the next day does it take you to bounce back? Because mine have become like forty eight hours.
1: I have so if we're really going to get into it full transparency, I have two different methods. I have a method for continuing degeneracy so like if if, if we're continuing day one rager into day two at this point in my time period where i am in my timeline it's going to take a beer mosa and like crack a dog yeah we
0: call that hair of the dog
1: yeah basically but like a specific hair of the dog i'm talking like half orange juice half light beer and i'm immediately ready to rock and then if we need to get like super hardcore early in the morning i go to a bloody mary now if I'm recovery, if I'm in full-on recovery mode, I mean, we all have different methods, but my method is a big, chicken-finger plate, buff style from Zaxby's. Dump the slaw, get rid of it, and give yes. me extra fries. I'm talking torch sauce and a lot of ranch. All that grease and potatoes in my belly needs to make me better. So I got two different strategies. And they worked for me for the last... I don't know decade. Don't tell my mama.
0: So here's how you know you can trust this man when it comes to food, Brooks. What position did you play uh, in
1: in college? Okay, so I, I played center in college. Yeah,
0: so you can trust this like, man when it comes to food opinions.
1: Not only that, but I've done what most offensive linemen have done. Like when they lose, like when they leave college football, offensive linemen go one or two ways. They either get really really big, or they get really really thin. Well, I got really thin, and then I got back to my playing weight, and then I'm kind of hovering in the middle now. So, I'm yeah. My, my my, love and admiration of food is rather, rather deep. So yeah, hit that hit that uh, large uh, chicken finger plate up at, at Zaxby's, but it's got to be tongue torch Toss it in that buffalo sauce. You will feel much better. Okay, I promise. If you feel bad today, go get you one of them. Go holler at one of them. You will feel better.
0: I mean, I may have to do that coming up after the show. But uh, a lot of a lot of Georgia fans feeling kind of hungover today, Brooks, because they were kind of riding. You see that segue? Because uh, they were riding the high of thinking.
1: I was going to toss the segue, at cowboy killers, but hey, man, <laughs> you, you, you,
0: I like yours better. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rock with it. A lot of Georgia fans uh, were kind of dreaming and just looking forward to four years of Peyton and Eli uh, in Sanford Stadium, getting to watch Arch sling the rock around for the red and black. And now – He has spurned Georgia, broken Georgia fans' hearts, and headed off to Texas to play for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns and, I guess, try to build his own legacy instead of, I guess, I think kind of the way you put it, right, joining a well-oiled machine already just to be the next guy driving the Lamborghini. Uh, He wants to go kind of build his own car uh, in Austin, I guess, is the the words I think maybe NIL and legacy. might have something to do with it, but... I'll let you fill us in.
1: Yeah, me me personally, I always thought the NIL conversations in terms of like a collective, because that's what now NIL NIL has actually turned into, right? Like Nico up there at Tennessee is not getting $8 million from Coke. He's getting $8 million from some NIL collective that is Tennessee's, you know, quote unquote, not affiliated with, right? So I, I think Arch Manning's NIL value was going to be out of this world anyways, because he was actually going to be real name, image, and likeness value, right? People were going to pay for Arch Manning to be on commercials no matter if he was playing at Georgia, Texas, or Alabama. That guy was going to be a millionaire before he stepped foot onto a college football field anyway. So I think that was a little bit overblown um, in terms of the recruitment process there. He's going to be well paid no matter what. But, I mean, to me, honestly, Christian, again, full transparency, This saves me from having to be the guy that ranked him fourth on my big board when he actually could have possibly been a Georgia commit. And and now I'm just going to be the Georgia B reporter that's hating on him and ranking him fourth because he didn't come to Georgia. He he is a a very much so a bet on not only will he be the next Manning, the bet on things I can't show you. I can't quantify. I can't put it on film. I can't show you in a data point. It's stuff that sources and coaches and really, really smart people around the world – at programs like uh, Texas that's ran by a really smart man named Steve Arkeesian offensively, uh, Alabama, you know the history, and Georgia, right, the three finalists, where they're all betting on these things that they can't quantify, they can't show you, except apparently when you slap this kid on the board, it's like sitting down with Peyton year 12, year 13 in the league. That That's kind of what it is, but to me, man, that's a, that's a big gamble in a game where today it's, yeah, it's it's awesome that you know all that stuff, but when the guard gets whooped by Jalen Carter, can you outrun him, or can you make a plus move? And are you a good athlete? Can can you rip a ball forty five yards off of doing that? Like, can you do all of those things? It's great that you can read cover six into the boundary pre snap, but can you make a play after? That's kind of where we go next, and I don't know if that's an answer yet. We're gonna to have to find out on Arch.
0: So let me ask you this: Why was Georgia all in on him? Is it just because hey, it'd be nice to have him, but if not, we already have a stacked room.
1: I mean, I don't think I'm breaking any news here to tell you that Kirby Smart cares about his recruiting image or at least cares to recruit at the highest levels, right? Right. Arch Manning is the Arch Manning is the biggest recruiting like tombstone or like Oh, he's the biggest recruit ever. Yeah, like the the biggest one you can the biggest dog you can hunt, right? The biggest uh, you know, uh, you know, trophy fish you can go catch. Like this is the one. So Everything about this recruitment was enticing to Kirby Smart, no matter if he had five, five stars in the damn quarterback group. He was going after this one. But this is, this is everything that he is about. Everything that he is about in terms of a football coach begins and starts in the middle of the journey is recruiting. Give me the best guys here. I was watching Glenn Schumann for an hour last night on YouTube because I'm a nerd, explain what the mint defense was. And the first thing he led with was, guys, I'm about to talk for an hour, but it doesn't matter if you don't have great football players. And then he kept going. Like, the whole mission is get great football players. So, of course, he was going after this one. And he just swung and missed. And just, that stinks. That's, but that's the nature of it.
0: So, everyone talking about Texas is back. And I know we've, we've heard that about 8 million times before. But what's the reality uh, for the Texas football program right now? I know you're kind of uh, embedded there covering Athens. But you follow college football uh, really intricately. What's the reality for where Texas could be uh, by the time Arch is their starting quarterback?
1: So, you've got – he's allegedly going to start, I guess, in 2025, right? That's the rumor.
0: Yeah, that's the rumor. So, he'd have two years in the Big Ten – or the Big 12, excuse yeah. me.
1: So, he has to play this fall as a senior, right? That covers the, the season of 2023. And then he is projected to redshirt for 2024. That right. covers viewers to go to the league. So, we're talking the fall of 2025. Dude, that that whole entire football like regime could look entirely different. By that time, that is a long time, and and in fact, like that's that's like everyone talks about this Arch Manning bump and this momentum that's going to come. I'm sure he's going to draw some attention from some football players, but that's that's a long time for Steve Sarkisian to prove his like to prove he's the one, right? That he's the one to carry this out. Like, I'm not saying he's not going to do it. I also don't think now they will ever fire that guy. Like, he his his end of contract date has now become Arch Manning's departure date. Like the moment Arch Manning leaves, start, Steve Sarkeesian has not proven to be a winner, then he leaves with him. So we basically signed either the extension of Steve Sarkeesian or we've signed the death date of Steve Sarkeesian at, at Texas, in my opinion. So like that's the kind of investment that you spent as a Texas head coach right now facing this one um, and landing this one because this, this comes with a lot of attention and pressure and, and just awareness of where your football program is. People are going to be talking about you every single day and that comes with pros and it certainly comes with cons if you are not handled or or, or set up to handle that kind of pressure
0: and you know where I stand on this we've talked about this before I believe the three most important words in sports are line of scrimmage because I don't think anything has a bigger impact especially in college football right
1: uh go ahead they've recruited relative I I, I looked at myself because I was gonna like who's gonna protect them right like my question is to and can they get out can they actually stop anybody defensively? It doesn't seem to matter in the Big Twelve. It will by the time he gets uh, to Texas because they are starting at Texas because they been in the SEC. But Christian, they have recruited really, really well up front because it's the state of freaking Texas. So they got bodies. They just nobody's been watching Texas for the last what seven years. We just don't know. I, I don't know.
0: Well, dang it, Brooks. That's why we bring you on is to know. Uh... <laughs> you got you got one more segment in you because you had something you really wanted to talk about uh, before we brought you on, and I don't feel like I, I can let myself go into the weekend without talking about it.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll take the break to rack up a list. Spoiler right. alert!
0: Yeah, we got a we got a list coming your way. We're catching up with Brooks Austin from DogsDay dot com. PJ Zuko currently in parts unknown. Uh, he will be back next week. Three and out. Coming up next. Uh, here on ESPN Radio with Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas, we got more to come here. Brooks Austin going to hang out for another segment. We'll be back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel, glad to have you hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. Getting ready to send you into the weekend. Three and out coming up next with Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas. And of course, if you miss any portion of our show, which if you if you didn't hear the first segment, Brooks Austin explaining to us why Arch Manning. Headed to Texas, and man, it's just it's all over for Georgia football. If you didn't get Arch, national championship, and now now it's all over. But I couldn't let him go because as I bring Brooks Austin on,
1: hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't mean to do that. No, no, do it. But you you cannot you cannot frame that that last segment like that. Like I framed that. Like Brooks, I'm
0: trying to I'm trying whoa. to I'm trying to get clicks, man. Come on, you know the deal. Go for it. I'll be
1: I'll I'll be your dead goose. Go for it.
0: I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get clicks. I'm trying to be like, what What the hell is this Brooks Austin guy talking about? I gotta go listen now. See, it's it's the game. I
1: gotta go fire this guy's mentions up right quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the internet is not for <laughs> researching things properly. It's about spewing opinions. Come on now. <laughs> Speaking of opinions, because yeah. I feel like this is about to be a very opinion based instead of facts. Uh, Brooks Austin apparently had something on his heart because as <laughs> I called him to get him on to talk about Arch Manning, he said, "Hey Christian, I, I got to break down my list." Top five cheeses, according to Brooks Austin. Again, I gave you this man's bona fides uh, prior when it came to food opinions. If you play offensive line in college, I don't care uh, if the person you're talking to is a maitre d' at a five-star restaurant in France, you have better opinions than him, right? Nobody knows more about food than offensive linemen in college football. So, Brooks Austin is going to give us his top five cheeses. And I think this is going to be pretty controversial.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I guess we got to start with number five. Um, you know, every every big man loves a za, right? Everyone loves a uh, loves a good slice, loves a good piece of pie. You know what I mean? Um, and what goes on that little Parmigiano Reggiano? You know what I mean? A little Parmesan going into number five. Um, also, big man eating on a budget. You might call you you might call me sinful for mentioning this on anywhere near a cheese list, but Velveeta so versatile, so versatile can go in it's any type of cheese dip. Chunks of uh, some jalapeno in there. Some Rotel red pepper, red tomatoes, all the good stuff, right? You could throw it that way. Oh, oh what's that? We got mac and cheese too. What we got going Wait, on?
0: Wait, what? Uh, what, are you, what noodles are you going with the shells?
1: Oh, am I going with the shells? Come on, dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the shells. I mean, how else am I going to scoop up that good cheesy goodness inside? It's, it's of so true. Delicious, right? Okay, so I mean that that's coming in at number uh, four for, number, for for sure. Okay, and then at number three, I mean. I mean, it's, it's the most heralded Southeastern thing in the world. A slice of pepper jack on that Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. If you don't know what I'm talking about, people, you got to go holler at it right now. You have to go holler at it right now. Mozzarella. I love me some good mozzarella for you Italian folks out there hating on the my, on my list right now. And then because I live in a house with a woman that loves her cheddar, but I am a man who loves my pepper jack, number one, most versatile, describes my relationship with my lovely wife, who is 38 and a half weeks pregnant currently, Jack numero
0: uno, I'm done. Jack for Brooks Austin there, number one. That's uh, There are some controversial <laughs> opinions there. Quickly here to Tangent, how's everything going? I know you already have baby number one, and that's, that's enough for anybody, but baby two on the way. Everybody healthy? Everybody good?
1: Everything's good to go right now except for I feel like, in, in any any man or wife or any man or woman I feel like who's ever had children can explain or can relate to this, okay? There's a period right at about 37 and a half weeks where that baby is being full term, okay? That child could come at any moment. It could come at any moment, but it also could come three and a half weeks from now at 41 weeks, okay? So this like three and a half week period is what I like to call pregnancy purgatory where you're just waiting around, man, at the drop of the hat. You can't do nothing. You can't leave nowhere. You can't plan nothing. You can't tell nobody you're going nowhere because, oh, uh, yeah, it just happened. Right? Water just broke. Oh, my God. Contractions three minutes off. we got to get to the hospital. Like, it's just I'm in a constant state of stress, and right now I can't think of anything better than stroming the halls of Costco and spending about $450 on diapers and baby wipes and just all kind of what we deem essentials nowadays, Christian, that are just you know expensive. We're uh, yeah, life's great, man. Yeah, you,
0: Brooks is doing great. Not on the verge of a breakdown whatsoever. I want to ask you though, because this is I'm
1: doing
0: great. this is this is fascinating to me. So I don't know if it's the same now because you've already had one, but prior to the first one, did you like? There's a experience that most athletes go through, right? Where it's prior to the game, it's the waiting, right? It's the waiting that kills you. You you just want to get out there, get hit the first time. Or just just get out there, whatever your sport is. You you want to make contact with the ball, whatever it is. You just want to get hit that first time, and then okay, everything's fine. Was like the buildup to it, or is the buildup to it like excruciating?
1: So like the buildup to the first one, you, you don't know what to expect. You just you're ignorant. You're ignorant to everything. You don't you don't know what to be fearful of. You don't know what to do. Like you're literally just walking through life as uh, as as an enigma. You're just going through it, experiencing life as a, as a as a new parent. in in, in its full form but the second one you know everything to panic for like you know everything you've gotten yourself into so like i'm just
0: so you say ignorance was a bliss for the first one but now you know everything to be stressful about okay
1: big time but it came with a lot more stress in the sense that i don't know what i'm doing but i'm i'm good with i don't know what i'm doing because i'm an athlete just throw me out there i'll figure it out right be an athlete like that's what people tell you be an athlete
0: is is that how you're going
1: to teach your kids to swim Tell me, you tell me, I gotta have some ball security with this baby. Be an athlete. I got it. We got, we we figured it out along the line. Is it
0: three points of contact
1: with the baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, keep it to your chest. I mean, you know, support the neck, which is the point of the ball. I mean, it's 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 a lot of similarities, man. Like football is a game of life.
0: At what point do you switch hands? Because I know they tell the running backs to keep the ball on the outside. Do you do you, do you keep the baby on the outside, or you, do you when do you switch I mean, hands?
1: So it, it, it's all it's all feel, baby. I mean, you know what I mean? All like, right. I, I am I am much more uh, loose with the child after about you know a good six weeks, man. Once they get that neck support, you kind of got to feel out. You got you got to feel them, man. You got you got to test their boundaries as they're testing theirs. You know what I'm saying? You got to you got to experiment for them when they're young. Okay, when they get a little older, you got to let them experiment. But when they're young, man, you got to You got to get them jokers moving, man. You got to show them rhythm. Show them what it looks like to rip a fastball and you know drop a dime.
0: All right, I appreciate you filibustering for me there because I have my list of top five cheeses. Uh, of all time as we do hard hitting sports here it? on a Friday afternoon. Uh, yeah. And I, I did a couple of adjustments just cause you forget about something. I'm sure I'm going to leave one of them off or I'm going to kick myself, but I feel pretty confident here. Uh, number five is mozzarella. I can like any cheese that I can just eat in its raw form and be like, this is wonderful. It's just, it's so versatile, right? Rick Re- or mozzarella is right there.
1: I hear just raw dog
0: and match, bro. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Uh, especially Ooh. like fresh, like at a really good restaurant. Absolutely. Uh, Number four, pimento cheese. I don't know how it got left <laughs> off of your lift, uh, but especially with the jalapenos in there, pimento cheese is Hell, elite. Not a of Yeah, you can, you can put it on a burger, you can make a grilled cheese out of it, or you can just sit there and eat it with crackers. Pimento cheese, absolutely elite. Uh, number three is Parmesan, just because of the associations for the food that you have with it. Yeah. Everything that yeah. Parmesan goes on is outstanding. Uh, so Parmesan's...
1: Hey, Stuff with other cheeses, put Parmesan on it. Yes, I mean, just,
0: that's, that's how you know you're elite. Uh, Number two, and this this might be controversial and it might get me yelled at, but I I love it. Ricotta cheese. Not not a fan of ricotta?
1: No
0: way. Oh, my goodness. The best lasagna in the world has that layer or layers of ricotta in it. Give me the stuffed shells full of ricotta with a little sauce on top and then bake those. Amazing.
1: (laughs) What we just found out was that Christian loves lasagna so much that ricotta lands two on his cheese list.
0: Oh, I would eat ricotta with a spoon <laughs> out of a out of the container. <sighs> Same goes with cream yeah, you're cheese. Big, Same because
1: goes a big cottage cheese fan
0: too. Same goes with cream cheese. Cottage cheese, no, because cottage cheese needs help, right? If I I, I enjoy cottage cheese, but it doesn't make the list because it needs help. You don't just eat cottage cheese <laughs> by itself. You put fruit with the cottage cheese.
1: Good six man off the bench for sure. Yeah, no, I mean
0: cottage cheese is very versatile. Makes a good smoothie. Makes uh, actually cottage cheese can make a really good macaroni and cheese uh, as well. But,
1: got good macros on it too. Really good macros. Absolutely.
0: Uh, no, we can do a whole nutrition conversation if you want to here. Uh, <laughs> but number one, and I don't think it's arguable because I think this is when you reached peak cheese. Like, you realize this is perfection. No one can do it better. An aged cheddar cheese is outstanding. Like, it is the pinnacle of cheese. Cheddar is the most famous cheese in the world. It's like, okay, so how do you make that better? You smoke it. Smoked cheddar is the best cheese in the world, and I will fight anybody who disagrees with me. Go buy a block of smoked cheddar from your grocery store. The good stuff, right? Buy a good block of smoked cheddar. Try to not eat it in one sitting.
1: Christian, do you know what's better than ringing top five cheeses on radio? Tell me. Doing so in the Costco shopping center, walking around the halls and having people look at you and go, why is he such a fan of ricotta? What is going on here?
0: Uh, I mean, if you could pick me up a jug of ricotta, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Brooks Austin uh, pulling a, dad life here.
1: A jug? A jug of ricotta?
0: Yes. Just uh, the biggest gallon. I'm sure, you're at Costco, right? They, I'm sure they get gallons of, of ricotta there. Uh, Brooks, before we let you go, I did want to get your opinion on this. We'll go, we'll filter back over here to sports. Uh, the Braves playing the Dodgers tonight. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen your Jock Peterson photoshops. So I'm sure you were had a lot of emotions going on as he made his return uh, to Atlanta this past weekend. But the the question that everyone, at least around Atlanta, is asking is what the reception should be for Freddie Freeman as he comes back, because the storyline was Braves lowballed him, weren't willing to pay him. Uh, then he just he's like I c- I couldn't say no to the Dodgers. They they paid me what I felt I was worth. When the reality is. The Dodgers paid him an exorbitant amount of money. He just kind of said, hey, Braves, give me more or I'm leaving. And they were like, all right, we'll just go get Matt Olson, who's a younger version of you. So when he steps up to bat first time in Truist Park as a Los Angeles Dodger, what do you believe the appropriate reception is for him?
1: So are we saying what what, what should they do or what do I want them to do? What, like what if, if,
0: Brooks the, oh. if Brooks Austin was leading the, the crowd, like you were that guy who stands in front of the student section, what are you doing?
1: I, I personally, because I know I'm not going to be there, I personally would love them to just do the man, just boo him, just so I can listen to everybody on, you know, every fucking head everywhere. It's like, oh, my God, the affairs are so bad. Uh, yeah, so bad for being passionate. Somebody, I mean, it's a mixed emotions thing. I think the, the most important thing is that he delivered a, a title, and you should probably stand up and give him an ovation because he was arguably the best player in franchise history, probably second best player franchise history is it chipper who is it for you in my in my era like he is the face of the braves for people my age i mean i was born in 94 so the 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 first title doesn't really exist for me i mean you know what i mean so um yeah i mean he's he's the second face of braves kingdom for me he's the new face of uh whatever his life in cobb county was what five years yeah um there once they moved so He's the the face of what their franchise is now, um, and that'll be remolded by Ozzy and uh, you know Ronald. You're just in the next phase, of whatever your Braves fandom looks like.
0: Well, I guess I would say other guys didn't leave you for a bigger contract, right? Chipper retired a Brave, so I don't think you ever yeah. pass him on the mantle of like greatest Braves ever, Hank Aaron, right? Uh, and then oh yeah, I would say I Dale- was more I was more talking about my generation. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but like Dale Murphy, Hank Aaron, those guys are up there. Uh, of course. Um, but for our generations, I'd say may, probably some of the pitchers as well, right? Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox. Yeah. Uh, I'd put their faces up there. I, I got a soft spot in my heart for Tim Hudson. I'm just going to put that out there,
1: but well,
0: I mean, Chipper Jones. I mean, I would I, I dressed up, I dressed up as, as Chipper Jones last, for Halloween, man. I mean,
1: come on. Timmy, Timmy Hudson was the last one standing in in, in that rotation and was just out there in the dog days, Yes. In the done, man. Just, just throwing gotta,
0: 92 mile an hour, two seamers and getting it done. Hey,
1: running 2 teamers in on the hands before it was a thing, but he was doing it at 90, and now they're doing it at 101. But, I mean,
0: so first game back, first at bat, so you think it's – like, what's the responsible oh, thing for Braves fans to do, standing give them,
1: ovation? Give them, standing, give them a standing ovation. They'll be petty. I mean, it's hard not to be petty, but this is not the guy to be the one to do it with. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't make it a stink during the contract, like, during the season. It wasn't one of these, you know, like, Cream down the super stars. No, This isn't the one. This is not the guy to be, you know, boom when it boom in his return. This, this, there's, there's far worse people in, in the sporting world that deserve things like that. Okay,
0: so let me let me put this well, on you then. Keely Ringo, hero of the national championship. Paintings of him on people's walls all over the state of Georgia right now. Probably all over the world because there's Georgia fans everywhere, right? He he is framed and immortalized all over the world. He decides that, hmm for my final year, I want to go play in Miami. I want to be a part of what Mario Cristobal is doing down there. I, I want to go transfer down there. Transfer's down there. Georgia meets Miami in a bowl game. Should Georgia fans boo or
1: cheer? Yeah, I think, I think that's a little different than after, what, what, was it, 12, 13? Well, you
0: can't play 12 or 13 years of college football. Well, no, you can't.
1: That's why it's different.
0: <laughs> you know, I think, I mean. I just, I just think baseball, we romanticize everything, right? Like. Guys come back. Jorge Soler returns, and he's playing for the Marlins, and you I give him prof- a standing ovation.
1: I think in professional sports, we we tend to romanticize singular players at a higher rate, right? Like Brady did the same thing. I mean, he played there twenty years and then left, won a Super Bowl, and I think he returned the year he won a Super Bowl, and that's what they cheered him. I mean, and it yeah, wasn't those fans like
0: Tom Brady more than I like the Patriots. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. I, I look. Trust me. I, I want the I want the the, the fun story of. Everyone getting all mad because they booed Freddie Freeman, but it's just not going to happen. He's Freddie Freeman. He's not someone you boo. People, I don't think anyone's ever booed Freddie Freeman.
0: Mm, there were some people on the station, including myself, when uh, those contract negotiations were going on that were either booing him or his agent. Uh, one of the two, I guess we'll never know which one it was that were actually making those calls. But yeah, there was some. Uh, there's some negative connotation coming from this year radio station. But that being said, Brooks, uh, go pick me up. If you could get like a barrel size of ricotta, like you need like a. Oh. A hand, a hand cart to get it? I would appreciate that, man.
1: Bro, uh, man. Anyone <laughs> uh, just look kind of like gelatinous as well? Oh, oh yeah. man. Golly. This is so such a bad taste. So soft, taste. but it
0: just adds that. It adds that texture to your lasagna. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. Brooks, we appreciate it, brother. Have fun shopping and being a dad. Hey, man. will see you. Yeah, Brooks Austin from DogsDaily on SI.com joining us here. We got more to come here on 3 and Out. We'll be back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the uniform source. Christian Gokel, glad to have you hanging out with us here on this Friday afternoon. Appreciate Brooks Austin hanging out with us uh, for those first couple of segments. We had Coach Gene Clemens right in from Twitter. His top five cheeses, Swiss, feta, mozzarella, pepper jack, and cheddar. Uh, feta on a salad, elite. I just I don't know many other places you can put it. I need versatility out of my cheeses, right? Smoked cheddar, can do anything I want to with that. You put smoked cheddar on a burger that immediately becomes a gourmet burger. You put smoked cheddar on anything. Smoked cheddar mac and cheese. That sounds sinful, right? It's cuz it is. Nothing's supposed to be that good, but it is. So, smoked cheddar reigns supreme uh in my opinion there. Uh going into another weekend here with a lot of uncertainty around a lot of sports that we really care about and I was having a conversation with someone here at the office just about all of the conversations that we're seeming to have now on the shows, right? We're talking about golfers leaving the PGA tour uh, to head over to the live tour, right? And we're, we're worried about the PGA tour. Uh, We're talking about college football and and how potentially we could see uh, 30 programs break away or have the power five break away or the, or the big, I shouldn't say big 10, but the top 10 conferences break away uh, and form their own, football league uh, and have their own governing body. And it's just, it seems like a lot of uncertainty out there right now in the world of sports. And I find it interesting as I look, and you got to go league by league with this, right? Uh, Inside the NFL, you have two different spring leagues that are starting up. And I know they don't say that they're competitive, but they are looking for your eyeballs and they, they need you to watch the game so they can get paid by advertisers so they can make money and exist as leagues. Right? So there's a lot of change happening in sports right now and i want to start by saying i don't believe change is bad but what we were talking about here in the office is this when you look at the pga tour for example and you start getting worried because you're going to say hey is this going to go away i'm a a fan of watching the pga tour i love watching all the tournaments from the john deere classic Uh, to the RBC Heritage, right, all the way through the Masters and the U.S. Open and all of it, right? I I like watching golf, and I'm scared that this is going to go away, right? If if you're that person, I guess I have to ask you, which do you care about more, the individual golfers in and of themselves or the sport that you consume? Because I think one thing that's not being credited is the fact that the NBA, the NFL – uh, the PGA tour, and I'm not defending their actions. I'm just I'm defending the way they have sustained sometimes for over a hundred years being successful. That's not something that's easily easy to replicate. So as I'm looking at the Live Golf Tour and I'm thinking, why does this just like not feel right? Why what is it about this that's not drawing me in? It's the platform. And that's what the Live Golf Tour is trying to create, is their own platform. And of course, the goal of it is. Pretty transparent, right? They're just—they're trying to sports wash your opinion on the Saudi Arabian government. I—I I look at the PGA Tour, and as I'm consuming a golf tournament, I'm not thinking about how they're trying to change golf. I'm not thinking about uh, them fighting another league. It's this tournament's been around for a hundred years. This tour has been around for longer than that, right? This—this—these guys are playing against history and against each other. There is a legacy to it, very much so with. The NFL, right? When you watch the NFL, you watch it because you know it's the best football players in the world. Even if Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes all left and started their own football league, the NFL would still have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what people love. People love their teams, and they love the NFL, and they love the platform, right? They love consuming that. I I want you to imagine that Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers move over to the USFL or to the XFL. Is that drawing you in for that or do you love the Atlanta Falcons or the Jacksonville Jaguars and that's why you watch and then peripherally you'll watch a 415 game and you'll watch the NBC broadcast at night. The PGA Tour, the NFL, right? These guys have created I I really just monumental icons here in the entertainment business. Cause it is what it is uh, inside America. And it's going to be really hard to shake. that. I know it's really uncertain times right now uh, for golf, but I, I think it's going to shake out to where you're going to see a majority of players stick with golf because it's actually competitive. It's not an exhibition and there's actually some history and some levity to it. And that's what we like watching. We like watching things that matter that have weight to them. Now with college football, I think this one is where it gets really interesting. And I think this is where a lot of people behind the scenes are fighting for it because, yes, I completely agree that power should be giving two players to go out there and earn money for their name, image, and likeness. No one in America should have that taken from them to where you can't profit off of something that you are willing and able to do inside the laws, right? You shouldn't have that taken away from you. But inside of college football, I think where people are getting concerned is – if you have, say, the top 30 teams or the top 60 teams break away and they start their own league, do you kill the golden goose? The reason you love watching Georgia is because they're a part of college football and it's something that you grew up with, right? College football isn't just the SEC. College football is Alabama to UMass, right? Ohio State to UConn. It's college football creates this tapestry across america and that's what people love to tune into right there's there are very few other sports where off the top of your head you could probably name 15 to 20 rivalries that have nothing to do with your school and it's because college football in and of itself is this shapeless form but it's it's a beautiful painting i think and i and that's what i think people are concerned about is and i think there are people that are smart enough behind the scenes to realize this which is If you rip 30 teams away from the rest of college football, the 30 teams are going to be lesser for it. We saw them try to do this in European soccer. They tried to form the Super League, but the reality is there's no stakes to that. You're going to be there regardless, right? No one, like in golf, no one's getting cut at the Live Golf Tour in the Super League. Everyone was going to make that tournament every single time. It was going to be the biggest teams in Europe just playing against each other on repeat. That's not what people want. People want competition. People want to see teams striving to come up and make something of themselves, right? In the English Premier League, right, you have relegation and promotion. So you have teams, even at the very end of it, right? They're in the last place, but they're fighting to not get relegated down to the championship. Whereas on the championship, the second tier of English soccer, you're watching them play because they're fighting to get promoted to the big league. So it's You take those teams out of that, the top, say, five, six teams out of that and place in this tournament where they're just playing five or six other teams from other countries around the world, and what you're pulling them out of is hundreds of years of history and the colors and the paintings and the memories that make those games what they are, right? There's so much tradition that goes into – we'll use a Georgia game, for example. There's so much tradition that goes into that game that if you pull that – out and you're just playing the same teams on repeat over and over again, I I do think that will be the eventual downfall because it just takes away the soul of the game. And believe it or not, the fans out there that consume it pay attention to stuff like that. So that's where I'm at with this right now. I believe there are people who are making decisions who realize this. They don't want to kill the golden goose of college football, which is you. Right? You tuning in every week. You buying an ESPN Plus subscription so you can watch your team play, Right? You are the person that makes this all go round. And if any analytics point towards losing you 5, 10, 15 years from now, they're going to push back hard against it. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more. This is second down on ESPN radio. Big night coming up at Truist Park as the Braves welcome in the Dodgers. Dodgers coming in with a record of 43 and 25 overall. The Braves, 11 games over 500 at 41 and 30. It's going to be an awesome pitching matchup tonight. Uh, Ian Anderson on the bump for the Braves going up against Julio Ureas, a guy who Braves fans should be extremely familiar with, uh, but has been excellent this year, even though his record might not indicate it. Uh, Ureyes currently with a 2.56 ERA right now has given up just 55 hits and has fanned 62 batters. Big thing for Ian Anderson tonight, just like every other Ian Anderson appearance, Get out of the first inning. Ian Anderson can survive that first inning. I think the Braves be in pretty good shape. I do think this is going to be a pretty emotionally charged uh, environment. There should be absolutely packed out there. Truist Park on a Friday night uh, welcoming the Dodgers. I'm curious to see how many of them are wearing blue and white and how many of them are wearing blue and red because LA famous for taking over uh, stadiums there in Atlanta. But I think Braves contingent should be extremely strong. Uh, tonight in that one, but again, emotionally charged because you're welcoming back in a hero for a lot of Braves fans there in Freddie Freeman, his first trip back to Truist Park uh, since joining the Dodgers. If you remember back to his first game against the Braves homer in his first at bat. So just a really nice way of Freddie Freeman welcoming all of his friends to his new home. Uh, but that being said, I'm with Brooks Austin on this, and I know there's been a lot of conversation about it on the show. I think you got to clap it up for Freddie Freeman. He, listen. He went home. He got paid, paid, but also before he left, he he dropped you a World Series trophy. So I think you got. I think he got to clap it up for Freddie Freeman, and yeah, he got a pretty good consolation prize there in Matt Olson, who's pretty damn good, and he got him for a lot cheaper, and he got him for what ten years on his contract. So you're eight years on his contract. So I mean, you're pretty much set up. But this should be an awesome series. Everyone chirping saying that the Braves ripped off all those games against bad teams, right? Yeah, you won a bunch of games in a row, but who'd you do it against? Well, they just won a series against the San Francisco Giants, who are absolutely a playoff team. So if that wasn't enough for you, it'd be awesome if the Braves could come out here, win this series against the Dodgers, because that, more than anything, because all that matters is the record, but more than anything, puts in the mind of the people nationally, hey, them Braves are serious. Kevin Thomas and Ben Trouff will keep the conversation going next. If you miss any portion of the show, check it out on ESPNCoastal.com.